Hello and welcome to Band in Boston. This is a podcast where I and a special guest visit a famous Boston landmark, a location, a thing to do, and then we come together and talk about it and try and figure out whether there are any fun things to do here in the city of Boston. I am your host, Stephen Ferda, back in the bunker, episode 12, uh, special late night recording session. This is definitely the latest we've ever done this. The latest I've ever recorded anything, actually. Um, and it's only because I want him, wanted to make sure that I had an episode to release this Monday. I waited any longer. Uh, might have let the fans down. I'm going to go ahead and introduce my guest. He's my roommate. He comes up all the time on the show. I'm not sure if he knows that. Please welcome Patrick Scanlon. Hey, Patrick, folks. How's it going, Patrick? It's going pretty well. Just rode a bike. Just rode a bike? Yeah. Actually, I was wondering about that because I noticed your bicycle helmet on a futon. <laughs> Does that mean you were riding the bike sans helmet? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I decided helmets are for, for squares. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to... Uh, Nils and Sam, uh, our friends, I, do I yeah. have to specify, or is it... I don't know. Dude. Some people we know. Like four, uh, four people listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some people we know uh, zipped off to uh, uh, Ludlow, Vermont, and left me sad and alone, and I got to take care of a bike in exchange. Hmm. And so I rode it to JP and back here. Just for the experience of riding the bike. No, I went. I went to eat dinner with oh, Layla, okay. my friend. Never mind. Friend. I feel like you came on this just to say how many friends you have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Patrick, you are my roommate, and I'm sure the fans are wondering, what is that like? Uh, yeah, it's quiet. Quiet. I mean, on your on your from my experience, from my vantage point. Yeah. It is quiet and easy to live with you. I, I hope I can't say the same for 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 you for me. It's been <laughs> expressed on multiple occasions by multiple people that I have lived with that I'm not quiet. Yeah, uh you're definitely not quiet in the slightest. But it hasn't been an issue really. Like when you when <laughs> Huh. When you need to be quiet, you usually are. <laughs> it's more like the things that there are things you can't control about your the body. The outbursts. Yeah, like <laughs> the outbursts. Yeah, Patrick does this thing where he's just always uh, yelling, but not saying stuff. Just sort of like expressing himself through sound, um, and always at <laughs> inopportune and bizarre moments and for the first few months every time you would do it you'd be like ah oh, or whatever i'd just be like patrick what's up and then you'd always say like oh i just like dropped my book or something like it always be something so mundane and i couldn't believe that i kept asking you what was going on i and i realized you're going to be the boy who cried wolf like, like, like one day I'm going to say that and you're going to be like, not, you're going to not care and yeah. I'm going to be dead. Yeah, I'm already not caring. I haven't been caring <laughs> for months. Um, but, yeah, 
you're. I've told some stories about you. I I I've told at least one story about you, which the on the broken, pod. Yeah, the broken glass story. Have you listened to the podcast? See, I was worried that I would have to reveal that I haven't listened to, the, ex- including parts of uh, the episode with Andy. Yeah. I thought that, that, that uh, you know, can't get enough Andy Taft. Yeah. Definitely really. one of my favorite guests. Yeah. Um, that's okay that you haven't listened. But I know you are a podcast guy, so I was curious. Yeah. But yeah, you come up. So I'm sure for a lot of people it's real exciting to finally have you in the room. Um, I really don't know if it was a good idea to do this late <laughs> at night. What a Speaking of which... Patrick... Am I allowed wa- to do this? Patrick wanted to do this late at night for one reason, and that's so that he could drink beer. Now, I don't drink... So this is Let's talk about that. This isn't <laughs> This isn't a conceptual episode where we both drink. It's just Patrick. It's a way for what Patrick. Is, what is us drinking have to be conceptual? Why can't we just It's it I'm like crack a few cold ones I'm with saying the boys. Like Andy's episode, we're in the car, it's a road trip. That's conceptual. That's conceptual. Yours is not that. This is just what you normally do and you you're making me record to justify it. What? I don't need a justification to drink. You don't think so? <laughs> I guess you must not think so. Huh. I always have this little dimple on my beer can. Maybe I, maybe I do that. You open it too forcefully, maybe? <laughs> I think it's just like I, I open it with my left hand so that it's like just a thumbprint there. Yeah. This is all boring. This is visual stuff. This is an audible uh, audio um, medium. You'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, uh... Let's talk about drinking, <laughs> because I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast. What do you make of the bar scene in Boston? Uh, the bar scene in Boston? That's interesting, actually. I was thinking of something. I was thinking about ideas just now yeah. of things that we could talk about, because I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. Uh, Me neither. Uh, besides, of course, Sam LaGrasse's, uh, the best sandwich in, does it say best, best sandwich in Boston or the world? It says best something. I feel like it says best sandwich in town. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> but I don't remember. In the hub. <laughs> yeah, I'll look it up. That's another reason that that street, we, earlier we were discussing that I think it's Lansdowne Street, the street that Sam LaGrasse is, is on. It's not Lansdowne Street. It's not, not Lansdowne Street. That's near Fenway. Uh, the street on which Sam LaGrasse lies, I, I remarked. Regardless of whether it may be true, I thought that it was like a particularly Boston street. There's a bar down the street called, like, the Hub Pub. Yeah. yeah, which is like a phrase that I've heard of as a nickname for Boston, but I feel like it's like the Big Apple, and that I've never heard anyone call it that, and I would never use it in a sentence. No, I think it's even more obscure than Big Apple. Yeah, like, I've never. I forgot the hub was a nickname for Boston. Like I the hub of what? Massachusetts. Yeah, I know. Massachusetts. But racist. Like... <laughs> hub of Is that racists. a thing? Yeah, everyone thinks Boston's racist. And it is. <laughs> um, but we don't have to talk about that. So, bar scene. Yeah, how do you feel about the bars? Um, As a, a seasoned drinker like yourself. Well, I mean, I think bar scenes in general are not what I... Like, I mean... The way that most urban bar scenes are now is not really what I look for in a bar. Mm-hmm. And it's like trendy urban bars. 
uh, uh, I don't know what I'm describing. <laughs> no, I know. What <laughs> but I think people have a good mental image. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I mean, granted, I'm I'm green eared. I'm a tenderfoot in in the bar scene anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but I, from what I've experienced, really, just since Nils moved back to Boston, <laughs> uh, I've liked the bars that I go to. I like yeah. the Bean. Uh, I like uh, Jacob Worth's. I go to the Tam. Uh, I won't say that I like it. Yeah. Uh, um, it's fine. It'll do. It'll be the place that we look back at it and like, remember the Tam? And it's like, yeah, obviously. Let's move on with this conversation. I'm sure you didn't see the new Ghostbusters movie, but in the background of one of the shots, you can see the Tam. And it's supposed, I'm elated. It's, <laughs> it's supposed to be set in New York City, and I have to say, nothing took me out of it more than seeing <laughs> the Tam in the background. That's um, weird. Yeah. When did you start drinking? Is this just going to be an expose of my... <laughs> just a little bit for the opening chat. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, if we're going to talk about what you're an expert on, it's going to have to be drinking. When did I start drinking? The day I met you, Stephen. <laughs> uh, I'm also just curious, because I don't know. I don't, like, I can imagine you saying, I was six years old. Um... <laughs> That would be hilarious, but sadly, no. Because I know your whole goal in life is to be like Homer Simpson and just come home at the end of the day and sit on the couch and open a beer. I know, like, that's what you modeled yourself after. Sorry, I speak very... For the audience here, I speak very tangentially, uh, so that's that'll be a running gag. Yeah. Uh, but uh, before we get into whatever we were talking about, my my drinking... Uh, yeah, your habit. Last night, uh, during a class, my professor was giving an example uh, of how to block an actor in a scene. And he said, let's say uh, Patrick goes home, he goes to the fridge, gets a beer, he sits down, turns on the TV. I was like, yeah. Like, yeah, did you read my diary? Then like... I did, I came home and I did exactly that. Yeah. So... How old were you when you started drinking? I, uh, my first beer would have been when I was 16. What was it? Probably a PBR. Yeah, same here. No, no, it was a Miller. Ugh. Because I took it from my dad's fridge and my dad drinks Miller. Yeah. Dad, if you're listening, you probably knew that. Now you're like a, a craft beer guy. Oh, yeah. Um, I wonder, like, how, do, how did you get into that? And how often do people judge you for it? Judge me for it? Yeah, for being a craft beer guy. Because um, I feel like I'm into coffee, and I feel like... I feel like I judge you for that. Yeah, you do all the time. But for, for like a month, you're like, I don't know. I'm just fine with a French press. <laughs> um, uh, to be fair, you make fun of me. You you <laughs> you rip into me for drinking, but uh, yeah, you but know. not what you yeah. drink. That doesn't matter to me. To to settle the the uh, the. I don't know, I don't, I don't have an idiom. Uh, to clear that, the air there, there's an idiom. Uh, 
I think you're probably the least obtrusive coffee drinker that I've ever, like, like, other than me, because I'm not a... Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel I, we like... We went to Grace Note today, and I got filter coffee. Yeah. Like a street rat. No, I used to get that all the yeah. time when I went there. But I feel like you're the same way with beer. Like, I don't talk about, like... That's true. Beans and, like, mouthfeel. And you don't talk about, like, hops and mouthfeel. So I think we're very much on the same page in our yeah, own like, respective Yeah, like, I think interests. I'm a beer guy, and then I go to Bauer Wines, and then my coworkers are, like, talk, say something, and I'm like, yeah, shit, like I don't know. Yeah, crisp finish. Yeah. <laughs> a nice head. <laughs> well, I know what that means, and I know I, what the, but those things mean. Yeah, I know what all of those things mean, mm-hmm. but... There's still beer talk? Yeah, yeah, and I don't know, I feel like... That's the right middle ground to hit, is, like, be into something, but not in such a way that it alienates people who aren't into it. Well, I I think uh, it was just, like, I started drinking beer, and I was in high school, and then, like, you know, people, I don't know, were drinking, like, like, the first thing I drank was vodka. Like, the first time I got drunk was, you know, screwdrivers at at the beach. And that was fun for a 16-year-old, but obviously lame. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and then, I don't know, beer is just the thing that people drink in high school, and yeah. it's just a thing that people drink, and, you know, yeah, that's just true. what I, what I drink, and then, I like that fine, and then one day I think, you know what I think it was? I, uh, went to Chicago to tour a school with my dad, and he bought me a Guinness at a pub, and I really liked it, uh, and for a while I was like, Guinness is my favorite beer, which is lame now, it's officially lame to say that Guinness is your favorite. Like, yeah. that's the commonly held belief. I like Guinness fine. I really yeah. hope Nils doesn't listen to this podcast, does he? <laughs> I don't know. All right, whatever. Who cares? I think he checks in. <laughs> um, and then, I don't know. It's Honestly, it's something that I have in common with my dad, but he doesn't really even like craft beer. Yeah. I just, something, like, I was, like, a thing, and I just took it and ran with it. Yeah. And I just, I guess I responded to it. I, I enjoyed it enough. Yeah. Didn't take a lot of trying to do. <laughs> yeah, it's an easy thing to enjoy, I guess. Uh, I used to be a root... I told. I was telling you this after Sam LaGrasse's. I used to, as a child, I was a root beer connoisseur. There was a store that opened up uh, in my neighborhood, Fondren. My, what was my neighborhood? Fondren Beverage Emporium. And oh, they okay. had, like, a thousand different kinds of soda a lot of them were root beer. And that was just like, to an eight-year-old, I was like, oh. Yeah. You know uh, that, there's this Mike Birbiglia, Birbiglia joke where he says, uh, um, as an eight-year-old, my goal was to either be like a chef or like to open up a pizza shop where eight-year-olds can hang out. That was essentially <laughs> what it was. It was really cool uh, for me as an eight-year-old. So there's not a huge market for that and it closed down like five years later. Yeah. But for those five years, it was gold. Was it actually geared towards children? Or yeah, it was. Yeah, they had pinball machines. Me and my friend would go up the street after school, eat popcorn, drink root beer, and play pinball. But was it, like, good root beer? Oh, yeah. Vir- they had Virgil's. Okay. And if anyone, if there's any root beer people out there, they know <laughs> Virgil's is top tier. They had a keg yeah. of Virgil's. We got that for my friend's birthday party. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it was cool. Um, yeah, I, I don't drink soda. But when I did, root beer was my soda. Yeah, I don't really drink soda anymore. Um, Although the other night I got an Abita root beer at uh, uh, Shake Shack. 
Which I'm surprised that they have. But yeah, I've never. Is that a? That's not alcoholic, right? No. How do you feel about the alcoholic sodas? Then not your father's soda. I had that idea when I was like nine. I was like, I like root beer. Obviously, I'm nine, so I'm not gonna drink it. But why don't people make root beer like beer? Yeah, <laughs> it seems pretty like inevitable. And then they they started coming up out with that, and I was like, there's got to be some money here. Yeah, there wasn't for me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I assume they're trash. I had a grapefruit Turkish seltzer bullshit thing. The other day. Oh, is it beer? No. Oh, okay. Um, and I hope it doesn't think it is. Uh, but I had it at, like, some event that I was required to be at. And there was, like, I took it. It was, like, in the fridge, and I drank it, and it was gross. I finished half of it and went and bought beer. <laughs> and I was much happier for doing it. Um, um, so let's shift gears a little bit. Yeah. Uh... You're not from, well... Around here? No, I was going to say you're not from a big city, but I guess Jackson is a... No, it's not. It's not a big city? No. Okay, well, you're not from a big city. What was it like moving to Boston? Uh, I'd like to tell this in a way that I haven't said it before, but I can't think of a good way. I can just tell my, my anecdote that has become hard and fast over the year when I have to make small talk, which is... Uh, when people ask me that question, I say, and this is really how I felt, because, like, I moved there from Jackson, which I had to Google this after, for this, like, uh, uh, anecdote, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a hundred thousand about, gr- like, greater area, which I was like, that sounds big. If you If you go to Jackson, you would not think that that many people live there. Yeah. It's a wide, they're taking from a wider plethora than what is Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Um, the community of people that I actually interact with is more like 40,000. Uh, so I moved from and you there. And know, you know all of them because it's the South and everyone knows everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I moved from there to Boston. And I was like, wow, Boston. There must be a million people here. <laughs> I had that thought like the first, the day that like I flew here with my family, with yeah. my parents, to like move into the dorms, I was like, wow, there must be a million people. It's like 600,000. And then, like, moving in and living with specifically somebody like Cameron, who comes from Hong Kong, which Mm -hmm. I think is, like, comparable, if not larger, to the population in New York, which is 9 million. Yeah. Um, And he was like, it's so weird living in a small, small city. I was like, what? Yeah. What is it? There's, like, there's like buildings and stuff. You see how big the park is? <laughs> there's a, like a train that takes people places. Yeah. It must be a big city. Yeah, it's hard to like... I mean, I had been to New York a bunch of times before I came here. But when I came here, I think I felt the same way. Like, it was surprising me to hear it described as a small city because I never lived in a city I guess so you just think oh yeah this is it Charleston South Carolina is a bigger city than Boston yeah that doesn't sound right does it Boston's barely a city <laughs> as, as any guest I think is that not the theme of the show yeah, as any guest of this podcast would tell you it's barely a city um I have a great Patrick Scanlon anecdote um 
One of the things about Patrick that has both delighted and confounded me for many years is uh, his penchant for picking trash up off the street and finding a trash can to put it into. It's a nice gesture that you think you can make some sort of dent in the trash that naturally piles up in a city. When we were in New York together, you were picking up bottles and cans for a while, and then early on on that first day, you picked up a bottle and you just went, oh, who am I kidding? <laughs> There's no way I'm gonna, I'm gonna make any sort of impact on New York's trash. And then you just gave up. And I, I've been thinking about that today because today when, when we went to Grace Note, I dropped my coffee and it went everywhere. And the hey. first thing you did was pick up the cup and throw it out. And I thought, oh, I haven't seen Patrick do that to trash in a long time. Going to New York definitely left me more jaded than I was yeah. when I went there. Oh, I've been doing it. Me. I've been doing it a lot today, just because I was walking around in a lot of parks with yeah. Sam. And Sam told that story that you told to her to me. I <laughs> she told me that anecdote today, like six hours ago. Yeah. Oh man, it's a great story. It's really a, wonder, a wonderful story, especially if you know Patrick. Um, but I do, I do think about that a lot. And it is surprising <laughs> how infrequently the trash gets taken out of here, considering <laughs> I don't like trash and you have a vendetta <laughs> against it. And how we live 30 feet from 16 trash cans. Yeah, it couldn't be any easier to take the trash out. Tonight, uh... My friend Layla, whose house I was at, I don't know how much information they need. It doesn't matter. Uh, she, I was like, we were cooking, and like her trash was like, it was like trash, and then like, you know how a Sunday has like whipped cream and it goes outside of it? <laughs> <laughs> it was like that, and you have to like garnish it with the rest of the trash and make a mountain out of it. Yeah. And she was like, oh yeah, they missed trash day while I was out of town on my roommates. And I was like, trash day? <laughs> yeah. I was like, we just don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, uh, when I lived in New York, if you miss trash day, I remember there were days when the trash was just so bad that I would pack it up into, like, plastic bags and then bring it out to the public trash can, because you can't throw out a whole garbage bag, but it just, some of it had to be eliminated, you know? So that's definitely one of the blessings of having a building with, like, a, essentially a trash room. Here's a story. The first time... I would say the first time I went to a a real city, I was eight. My parents took me to Chicago. And yeah. when in, uh, must have been 2003, in the spring, I want to say March, in Chicago, there was a strike from the, uh, the like, waste management department. So oh, there was boy. just trash piled up everywhere. And there were protesters, and I was like... This must be what a city's like. <laughs> There's just trash everywhere. And I called it an angry mob to my mom. I was like, Mom, is that an angry mob? <laughs> um, Homeless people scared me. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you had the whole experience. Um, so let's talk about San Lagrasas. Best uh, in town. Yeah, we, we went and ate there this afternoon. San Lagrasas is a sandwich shop in downtown Boston. 
Uh, it's a pretty good one. Yeah. Well, how did you first discover it? Uh, I'm just walking around, dude. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, that was one of the things. I mean, I... So you saw Best Sandwich in Town on the banner, and you were like, I gotta find out. <laughs> I was like, that seems like a pretty promising sign, and I looked in and was like, that, it, like, it looked like the way a restaurant should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, sandwiches? I'm on board. And I went in and... Uh, yeah, I was definitely by myself the first time I went there. Yeah. And I probably ordered, like, Chipotle turkey something. Because they've got a lot of Chipotle and a lot of turkey. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that was a hell of a sandwich. Yeah. And then um, the next time I went, I was like, fucking $14? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can start right off the bat. With Every time I go there, I'm like, I love this place. There's no way you can legally charge $14 for a sandwich. Yeah, the pricing if is If it's not at a concert or on a plane or something. Absurd. Because um, all you're getting is the sandwich. Like, you're not... If you want a, if you want french fries, you're dropping an extra four bucks. I got a chips and it was $17 for the whole thing. Yeah, that's a lot of money on a sandwich. In a way, that runs counter... That is counterintuitive to, like, sandwiches as a genre of food. It is. It is. It is absolutely. But uh, that being said, the second I get the sandwich, that is, uh, that, that problem just melts away. Because it is, it is expensive, but it's also kind of worth it every time you get it. Because it's, like, a pound of, of, like, sliced meat yeah. on your plate. Yeah. So my boss is the person who told me about Sam Lagrasas. He eats there like once a month as a special you, treat. To you, you couldn't afford to eat there anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, and he his whole thing is that every, the first time he went, he got a Cuban, and he every single time since he's gotten the Cuban. See, I'm like that. <laughs> he's too afraid that if he spends his fourteen dollars a month on a new sandwich and doesn't like it, then it's all for nothing. So he's just stuck to the Cuban. Um, I've so had the Cuban from Sam Grass. You have? I have not. You've not. Well, actually, so the first time I went was with my boss, who took me out for lunch, and obviously I ordered the Cuban as well, because <laughs> I've been hearing about this thing for two years, there's no way I'm not going to order the Cuban and find out what the deal is. And I remember really liking it. Um, the second, or after that moment, I did more research into Sam Grass's, and I found out that their thing is pastrami. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, or maybe it's not their thing, but everywhere I looked, there were people praising their pastrami. So I knew that the next time I went, I had to get pastrami. So a couple months go by. Um, it's like the last work day of the semester, and my boss offers to take me to Sam Lagrasse's again. I'm like, yeah, obviously. So we're walking over there, and I start talking about how I read about the pastrami and how this time I'm going to have to try the pastrami. And guess what? My boss ordered pastrami, too. I got him to try a new sandwich. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good, because I've definitely... Uh, I, I, there are places that I get in ruts with specific sandwiches. Um, one of the things I like about Mike and Patty's, which, I mean, I don't want to compare uh, uh, to Sam Lagrasse's. We should talk about Mike and Patty's, though. We should absolutely the, talk about Maybe it. the only other notable sandwich place that I know of around here. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Uh, one of the things I like about it is, uh, A, that it's, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, like, perfect amount of food. 
Yeah. And B, like I feel bloated when it, like happily bloated when I leave San Legrasses. Mm-hmm. But this, Mike and Patty's, uh, I think we, we got kicked out of our apartment because of something involving asbestos uh, last, uh, about six months ago. Yeah, that's and a whole we, other thing. We, if you've been on the podcast, you've, you've breathed you know some aspre- asbestos, so. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Hope it was worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you mean that other people have, yeah. besides us, have breathed yeah. in this air. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're like, people showed up with masks and they were like, you have to leave your apartment. So we got kicked out on the, like, back alley sidewalk. And we felt, both felt we had to restart the day. So we went to uh, Mike and Patty's. Mike and, and that was necessary. Uh, yeah. That was the last time I was there. That sandwich was a lifesaver. Um, so Sam LaGrasse's, every time the sandwich comes out, I'm always like, holy shit. It's more than I remembered. Yeah. Um. What'd you order today? Today, uh, I got the roast beef and uh, peppers, which I felt was a very like appropriate deli sandwich. Have you had that one before? Uh, I don't think I have because I normally order order turkey. I think yeah. just because there's a lot of Chipotle options, and I like us. I'm I'm very Southwest oriented with my sandwiches in the past yeah. couple of years, but every sandwich I make here is because I can't really afford to have like. Very like a lot of varying options is basically like a Southwest turkey sandwich. Yeah. Uh, avocado uh, and like Chipotle and the like, and so I figured I'd get something different. Yeah. And it was really great. There was a spicy barbecue sauce, which normally oh, I discussed with you. It's it's a barbecue is a novice sauce. Uh, it is a, the, your first introduction to something besides ketchup. Yeah. And maybe mustard. And uh, it's just barely not ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an easy transition. It's just like ketchup with like a bunch of sugar. Yeah. And like maybe something else. Uh, Syrup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but this was, it was, it was tastefully done. Spicy barbecue. And uh, really a well executed sandwich. The pickles kept in there. The whole thing stayed together. Yep. Good viscosity, consistency, everything. Uh, you mentioned avocados on your sandwiches. I have this feeling that there aren't any avocados on the menu at Sam LaGrasse's. I didn't. I did not see any. No. And to me, that feels very much like it's the result of them having been around so long. Like I agree. Before avocados I... were in. Now I don't know how long they've actually been around. Like it looks old. Inside. I'm gonna guess. I, it's I would retro, yeah, yeah. but is it actually that old? Diners, drive-ins, and dives went there, so it's got to be at least forty years yeah, old. Yeah, it has some sort of legacy. Yeah. Um, also, that's funny in its own right. The diners, drive-ins, and yeah. dives thing. Yeah, I would love to find that clip. Oh, um, you should you should edit that clip in. Insert time yeah. for clip. Yeah, if I can find it. <laughs> I'll just switch the You need more editing in this show, then I'll listen. You think so? Yeah, you need sound effects and stuff. Do you not like podcasts where people just talk? You need like a score. You need to sound more erudite. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Diner Strivers and Dives thing actually reminds me of something funny. The first time I went uh, with my boss, he was. They have multiple posters of Guy Fieri. Up in the thing. Which anywhere that has multiple posters of Guy Fieri is funny. Yeah. My boss is looking at this one poster and he's like, who's Guy Fieri? 
And I'm like, you don't know who <laughs> Guy Fieri is? He's like, no. And I'm like, Diners, Drivers, and Dives, it's on the Food Network. He's like, I don't know it. Um, and so I explained, I tried to explain Diners, Drivers, and Dives to him. That's a show, by the way, that I actually genuinely love. I've never like, seen an episode. Really? Yeah. I just okay. know who the guy is through his sheer uh, cultural, like, infamy. Yeah, well, okay, so first of all, I was into Diners, Drivers, and Dives before Guy Fieri became, like, a thing. And I can see why people don't. Like, he's a laughable guy. Yeah, he's a clown. But his show was really entertaining. Um, not, not really because of him. But he's not a bad host. I mean, it's a genre that makes sense of lumping those things together. And that's also things that we all like. And having it be a guy who has flames on his shirt. (laughs) Like, he's the right kind of host for that. Um, And I've seen quite a few episodes featuring places in Boston. But not the Sam LaGrosse's one. But that's interesting that you have never watched a show. Because for me, it's like a staple in the Ferda household. Like, if you're flipping channels and there's nothing on. See, if it's reality TV, for me, it's Moonshiners. Dude, my dad watches Moonshiners Such, It's well. excellent television. It's just... My dad was really into Moonshiners for a while. The last time I was home, though, he was like, I don't really like it anymore because it's, it's all fake. I had, I yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, my friend. They, they, had, they filmed with both the yeah. Moonshiners... And the police. <laughs> and the police are like, we think we're over there. <laughs> they're over there. It's like, yeah, I know they're over there. <laughs> it's fake because that's not even a thing that people do anymore as far as I'm concerned. Like, it's not the Prohibition era. No, I mean, there's still illegal, like, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't feel like it's in the zeitgeist, really, is it? No, that's why, they, that's why it's Discovery Channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also... <laughs> Why is Discovery Channel muddling itself with with reality television? That's what every network is. I know, now. I know. Not That's just TV. Word. For whatever reason. Um So, as long as I've known you, you've talked about sandwiches as like an art form. Like that's a thing I've heard you say. They are. What are the things you look for in a good sandwich? Um, what are the key components? Well, I mean, obviously a good protein. Yeah. I'm I'm not biased. It doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to have meat. That's my preference. I'm not gonna, you know, throw stones yeah. at a vegetarian. Uh, it can't be open faced. That's horse shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not eating a sandwich with a fork and a knife like it's a fucking steak. Yeah. Uh, or a salad. <laughs> uh. uh does it have to be manageable? Like, That's, you... That is... Uh, because the inventor of the sandwich, as the restaurant Earl of Sandwich will tell you, <laughs> the Earl of Sandwich invented it so that he could read books while he ate it with his hands. It should be something that is not unwieldy. Yeah. Uh, it's something that, you know... Because physicality of the thing definitely plays into it, including... You know, if if I pick it up, if if I get something and it's like, how do I attack this? I mean, that's, you know, that's like problematic. Like, there's yeah. also something to be said for like, an enormous burger that you have to like, 
condense yeah, like, like that, two that hands is and you're like that is a task to to, yeah. to eat uh, that's a real pet peeve of mine when a sandwich falls apart. Oh, yeah, just like... Just designed All poorly. over the place. When you're yeah. eating most of the sandwich with a fork off of your plate, like, that's always disappointing. Yeah, might as well be open-faced. And then you're... Yeah, exactly. Which is might as well not be a sandwich. <laughs> and that just goes against the whole idea of, like, combining these flavors in one. So when the sandwich falls apart, that's infuriating to me. Yeah. I think a uh, huge thing is good ingredients. Especially... Yeah. The, uh, um, you know, the protein should be based around something good. Um, work with what you got. Don't overdo it. I do that a lot, though. You like I just it? put everything on yeah. it. Um, uh, and I would say usually toasted is superior. I was going to ask it was, that. You got it toasted. You don't have to. Yeah. But, like, it's usually better. Yeah. Because just because, if for no other reason, then the bread is more rich. It's you know, you can, and if you're toasting it yourself, which you should be if you're obviously you're making sandwiches. That's stupid. Uh, you can you can you know, get the thickness and the, the the rigidity of the bread right, so that you know it's not just sloppy and like you know. Yeah. A f- floppy disk sandwich. Yeah, you're giving it a real hard shell. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like when I was a kid, I was anti-toasting, and in retrospect, it's hard to see why. I remember one time in, uh, we were on a trip in Maine, and we were all making sandwiches, and you were like, you were making one, and it was like, toast the bread, and you were like, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna do that, what a good suggestion. <laughs> Which yeah, I think it's probably been my like, best advice to anyone ever. Yeah, I'm 19 years if old and just discovering toasting. If there's what n- the fuck? There's nothing that I give to anyone on this planet before I die. It should be that... Nothing else. It should yeah. be that... Toast the bread, kids. Yeah, keep the bread toasted. What about bagels? You like them toasted? Uh, I mean, I guess, just because I like things warm. I'm not a huge bagel guy. I've revealed that. There's a place in... New York called Tompkins Square Bagels that will not toast your bagel. They refuse. And that makes some people really mad. That kind of frustrates me just because, like, what's, what's their reasoning? Do they have a rationale? Just that they're so fresh you shouldn't bother toasting them. And they do come out warm. Like, these are the best fucking bagels. If we ever go, if you're ever back in New York with me, I gotta take you here. Okay. It'll it'll change your tune on bagels, cause it changed my tune on bagels. I used to not like bagels, and then I tried these, and it opened up a whole new world for me. I think last time I was in New York with you, all we did was go to coffee shops and bagel shops, and then the Ian's like been going there. Yeah, it was a very authentic Stephen Furt experience. Every time I go, I I go to that place, Bread Brothers, at least once, sometimes three or four times. Wow. I mean, we almost went there twice while we were there. It's just convenient more than anything else. I want to say, before we get away from sandwiches, I want to say that yeah. a, a, a while ago, from the past couple of months, uh, I was discussing sandwiches with or around Owen Kelly. Sure. And there was, the a, there was a, a friend of the pod. Uh, uh, there was a... a an amicable joke about a sandwich off. That is a genuine thing that I would I would like to like to do, and that I would beat him at. 
So the gauntlet, if he watches this episode, the gauntlet is thrown down. I would make a sandwich against his sandwich. Can I judge this thing? You and Zaji can judge it. Okay, I'm... When we're done with this, I'm making a Facebook event, <laughs> and we're making this official, because this has to happen. Okay. What would you... Would you both have I'd, to make the same sandwich? No, 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 no. it'd be... You come up with your own creations, and then we see whose is better. I think we would come up with our own creations. I'm curious if you could tell me what you would go for, but also I don't know if you want. I don't want to. I don't. I'm not sure I would want to reveal that because I'm not sure he would. Yeah. But you're gonna you're you're going to create an event. Yeah. Because I almost wanted to be like he has to listen to this to to find out. (laughs) But I mean, this is pretty deep in the episode. I'll wait until this is released. To do that. Okay. And if you don't hear from Owen, then I will start curating this because this is gonna be one of the best things we do. I think this is really funny. Maybe we'll record it. <laughs> At least some. You of should it. record it. We should totally record it. Um, so Sam Lagrasa's. It's very much old-fashioned, no frills. I don't want to say bare bones, but. There's it is. A, it's just like get your sandwich, sit the yeah, fuck down. A, Don't even sit down. Stand. They have a standing section. There's a. I noticed that today, which I thought was. <laughs> I've weird. used it with Zaji before. But there's a reason why they don't give you sides or anything, and sides are extra. It's because it, they want it to be all about the sandwich. They um, give you pickles, but that's any deli in America. Yeah, the pickles are there so people can to, throw them to out have... later. <laughs> <laughs> to maintain order. Yeah. Um, so today I also I got the pastrami again. It was another solid choice. They have a ton of variations on the I, pastrami. I would love to have like to have said over my college my four years of college that I got every sandwich. I just don't have that kind of dough. Yeah. Or time. <laughs> yeah. That's actually reminds me of something else I wanted to bring up, which is one of Sam Lagrasse's great failings. They're only open eleven AM to three thirty PM. Monday I mean, they like Friday. it how they like it. Very Boston. Yeah, but... And I'm sure they're doing fine. But I'm telling you that if they were open at night, I'd be in there way more often than I have been. Um, so if they're worried about my business... They're also not open on the weekend. That's absurd. You think about that tourist crowd? Yeah. The picnicking crowd? <laughs> People would love to have one of those sandwiches on the weekend. Um, but I did... Got the pastrami again, and it, it's seriously a mind-blowing experience, the pastrami. It's, pastrami's not it, something I ever eat. I want to ask you a except question. Except in a place like that. Today, it looked like there was coleslaw on there, your sandwich? Yeah, there was. How was it? I thought it was awesome. See, that's amazing in its own right. Good coleslaw? Yeah. So hard to find. Yeah. No one gives a shit about coleslaw. I mean, I'd be curious to try it not mixed with everything else. Right. Because... One of the things that I love so much about that sandwich is that all the flavors were so different but went together so nicely. They're like a very nice balance. And so just the coleslaw maybe wouldn't work as well as everything in tandem. But I think that's true of most elements of a sandwich. Um, After we were finished eating, I did think for a while I might die. I was just It is a lot. It's like, it's like, the, uh, but it's like the usual American portion, like 
oh yeah yeah i'm just gonna like like a, like a thanksgiving like i'm just gonna go the fuck to sleep right yeah now. like we walked to the park afterwards and that was so difficult for me <laughs> like my legs were about to go under i I don't even remember that happening the last couple of times I was there. This really just leveled. It is a colossal sandwich. Yeah. Now, I'm curious. Um, did you have anything for dinner this evening? Honestly, I wasn't that hungry, but I still cooked with Layla to have something yeah. to do. And, like, I figured I should eat. Did you eat, like, a full meal? Or, like, full? I mean, kind of, yeah. You didn't eat? No, I did, but I went and I had the food in hand and I was like wait a second am I actually hungry I don't yeah, think it just, I am it was like hungry. a routine thing I wasn't even that hungry right I just I went for it because I know I'm supposed, I'm supposed to, to have dinner yeah and then after I ate I was like <laughs> like I was like more full than I was post Sam Lagrasas like I was done <laughs> it was awful um, you think uh, it, light meals are probably like a good healthy thing and they probably make you feel wonderful or something yeah. Not sure if I'll ever achieve that nirvana. Yeah, of that's diet, like perfection. A lot of my relatives love to say to me that I need to eat more. I'm always like, I don't think you understand. I eat until I am in so much pain that I regret being born. <laughs> I, there's, it's physically impossible for me to eat more than I do. Um, I'm also, I'm also not a fan of their hours just because I hate having a big meal at lunch. I know that there are certain cultures that prize a large meal in the middle of the day, but for me, it just fucks up the rest of my day. I feel like lunch should be light. Yeah. And that really was proven today by my struggle with the dinner. I know I say that, but like, I eat a lot for every, I, every meal that I can. Yeah. She's not healthy. Yeah. Well, if you're active. I'm not. <laughs> what am I doing? Well, Patrick, you look good. <laughs> I rode a bike today. You did? That's a solid activity. It's a great day for a bike ride. Yeah, it was. Um, so, you haven't listened to the podcast. That's fine. But we end every episode of Band in Boston by giving the location a rating out of five shamrocks. Are we done? I, I was going to talk about the merits of the city of Boston. Yeah. <laughs> no because that's the point you, of the show, you have right? more Sam LaGrasse's talk? No. Am I not allowed to? All right, whatever. You know what? Let's talk about the merits of the city of Boston. We'll come back to Sam LaGrasse's. Can we rate Boston on this episode? Is that allowed? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> to come in, drink, and ruin my show. <laughs> but yeah, okay, what did you want to say about Boston? Uh, now the moment's passed. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> we give everything a rating out of five shamrocks, one shamrock being something you should avoid at all costs, Five Shamrocks being something you have to go to. Can't miss it. Um, so why don't you go ahead and give Sam LaGrasse's a rating out of five Shamrocks and then explain your reasoning behind said rating. I mean, I have my, my misgivings about it, but if five is can't miss it, 
if you live here and you like sandwiches, you should eat there. It's five. Five shamrocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if if like if I mean, that's I mean it's subjective a subjective answer, but like yeah, if you like sandwiches, you should go once. Okay, well let's take out the can't miss it part. Okay. Maybe that's a w- weird way to describe it. Yeah. And just on its merits. On on its merits alone, four. Yeah. Four. Interesting. I'm gonna go with four and a half shamrocks. Really? All right. Yeah, I'm very discerning with the five shamrocks. Obviously. Last episode we went to Yume Wokatare, and that was the first five shamrock place. Of course, I mean, yeah, I heard that that recording. Uh, yeah. Obviously not the episode. I don't want to yeah. lie. <laughs> well, if you were present, I don't want to maybe better. perjure myself. But um, that was the first five shamrock plates. San Lagrasas is so close to a five because, much like Yume Wokatari, it feels like something unique to Boston. Um, that's actually as good as advertised, and. But every um, time we go there, San Lagrasas, I mean. It's we talk about its flaws. Yeah, cause it's it's very clearly flawed. Oh yeah. In a myriad of ways, like. Actually, I think it's almost impossible to give it five shamrocks and say you can't miss it because you totally can miss it. They're never open. <laughs> um, and beyond that, it's just way too expensive. At least for like the average person's budget, and I guess. That's Maybe they could avoid that if they open up on the weekends. Yeah. Get get rid of some of that overhead. Yeah. Oh, you're totally right. There's no reason why they shouldn't open on weekends. Oh my god, this is definitely an episode with the most yawns in it. I understand a, I understand them not opening at night though. It is a lunch place. That is yeah. their lifeblood. Yeah. Um but um too expensive. Though I will say I like that, in a way, I like that it's expensive because it makes you go less frequently so that when you do go, it still feels so revelatory. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Every single time. Um, And I imagine I'll be back at least once more in the next month. Just because you're moving out? Yeah, it feels like a place worth hitting before I go. I mean, I'll be back in the spring pretty frequently. So I could probably make time for San Lagrasa then. But I would be curious to see if it within that two week span If you if you hit it again like quicker. And is it worth it for repeated exposure? It did sorta like I mean I had a really great day, but that had a that was a big chunk of it. Yeah. It was definitely like between that and the sun being out, like a lot of good <laughs> vibes swirling through the air. Um, so we are almost done, but if you want to sell me on the merits of the city of Boston, now no, I don't want to just do it. throw it in there. I mean, okay, then I'll ask you a question because this is something I thought of. I was curious okay. about. Actually, here's how I'm going to frame it. You have a guest coming next weekend. Yes, this weekend. The, yeah, this weekend. Um, you're going to show them around town. What are the things that you feel you need to take your guests well, to? Well, it's my aunt, so I'm going to take her to Sam Lagrasse's so she can buy me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, she bought Red Sox tickets. Has your aunt been to Boston? She has not. Okay, so this podcast is perfect for her. Yeah. Get yeah, her yeah. to subscribe. <laughs> she can download the episodes, listen to them on the plane. Um, Red Sox tickets. I don't know what 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 did you do? what did you do episodes about? I'll pick those things and say what of them I like. What have we? Oh, that's an interesting idea. Okay, <laughs> yeah, let's do that. You give me a shamrock rating for the places we've done in the past. Okay, that and I've then... been to. That I've been to, but one of them is Dunkin' Donuts. So yeah, there's a there's definitely a, which obviously five a couple you haven't been to. The Boston Common. Uh, uh, three and a half. MIT. MIT? Yeah. Uh, I was there today and it was really nice for... Arnold Arboretum. Ooh. Ooh. That's 4.5. So we went to the original Dunkin' Donuts, but you can just do all Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Chinatown. Chinatown? Yeah. uh, Three and a half. Uh, this one you probably haven't been to. Twin Donuts. Twin Donuts. I went there. I have been there. Yeah. I like Twin Donuts. It's, it's, I mean, I have a bias in my mind for it, uh, associatively. But I mean, uh, uh, (laughs) 3.9. 3.9? Okay. Uh, uh, the TD Garden? Uh, 2.9. Two and a half. (laughs) Whatever. Fuck that place. Art House Movie Theaters. Art House Movie Theaters? Which yeah. ones? All of them. I like the Brattle a lot. Five on the Brattle. Move on. The House of Blues. The House of Blues sucks. One. Yeah, it's got to be the worst place in Boston. Harvard University. Harvard uh, three. And then Yume Wokatari. I haven't been there. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, from those ratings, like... Take an average... Of those numbers, yeah, and then that'll tell you how good. I'm not. I'm gonna say definitely didn't sell me on the merits of Boston. That's just you can't. It's just it's not a numbers city. Cambridge might be. You got MIT, <laughs> Harvard, uh, which I mean, you know. Yeah, strictly most... speaking, a lot of your episodes take place in Cambridge, but uh, I mean, I I like that there's there's the city where I mean none of I mean. Of the people that we know and we associate with, we're not going to live here or work here. Yeah. But I like that we have this place where we all cut our teeth. I mean, it, it will be a memory eventually. Uh, I think that's a very poignant way to put it. I respect that. I mean, it, it like, destroyed my teeth. <laughs> I will say this about Boston. This is, I figured out why it's a small town. In my mind. It's because no matter where I go, outside of the Emerson campus, I always see at least one person I know from Emerson. No matter where I go. Um, I was talking about this with Nils, and he thought it was an absurd idea. Then I left Nils. I do, I do that. I know exactly what you're I talking about. I left hanging out with Nils, and I went to... Uh, uh, El Pelon Taqueria in Fenway, which is the best burrito in Boston. And I saw two Emerson students in that restaurant, which is the size of our living room. 
So it just goes also to... our our college is in relative to Boston's scale, the size of our living room. Yeah, exactly. That's not even it's a ve- it's a very small school. It's under four thousand people. I'm literally always running into people from it, and that wouldn't happen in a big city. Yeah. So it's a small town. It's not a city. I guess I get why people like it. Um, but if there's one thing I've learned from doing this show. It's that I don't like it. <laughs> well, that about does it for today's episode of Band in Boston. Uh, if you like the show, make sure you're subscribed. Tr- try and tell a friend about it. Make sure they <laughs> try get in. Try tell a friend about it. Make sure they get in and hear the last two episodes. Post it. There's only two more left. Post it to somebody's Facebook wall. It doesn't matter who. You don't have to be that close to them. Because yeah. you're not going to care. That's, if they just post it, it'll be like, maybe it'll spark a conversation with them. Maybe it, you don't give a shit about them. That's a fun idea. Send it to your crush. <laughs> um, don't do that. You're not going to do that. But post it on so many Facebook walls that, I, that I'll go down my timeline and all I'll see is my cartoon likeness. And obviously, rate us five stars on iTunes. No one's done that in a while. I don't know why. This show has hit its stride. Um, Patrick, thank you so much for coming by. No problem. (laughs) It's been a real pleasure. Living Um, with me or doing this episode? Both. All right, great. And if we do record the sandwich challenge, I will drop it into one of these episodes, on the end of one of these episodes, because... Sure, that should be an episode of its own. Yeah, but I'm running out of time. We need to do some editing. Create a narrative build-up to the sandwich. You know what? Do your own show, my man. (laughs) Okay, that's a good way to end. All right, that about does it. Uh, Thank you for listening. Have a good night, everybody.